0: welcome back to the Inside Voice podcast. I'm your host, James Poulter. And on this week's episode, we are going behind the scenes of what it means to bring voice into the enterprise with Brian Toll of Spindance. Spindance, if you don't know them, work in engineering on the IoT field, helping brands and companies get voice into their businesses. And Brian looks after the engineering team there. I think you're really going to love this one. It goes into the real detail about what it means to bring IoT and voice together. So let's get into it. On this week's episode of Inside Voice, Brian Toll from Spindance, talking to Pete Erickson.
1: As VP of Engineering for Spindance, uh, tell us what you do.
2: Yeah, happy to. So Spindance is a software consultancy focused on the Internet of Things. So we help organizations with their embedded, their cloud, and then their user interfaces around their IoT projects. Um, so we do mobile apps, we do web. And increasingly, we've been doing voice over the
1: last two or three years. So a company that has a long background, long history in IoT, and now we've got, you know, we are in this new era, this voice first era. And it seems to me that, um, you know, the company, just from what I can see and, and, uh, and what I glean from you, is you know, making a lot of moves around this area, this kind of convergence of voice and IoT. Tell us a little bit about that convergence and what you're seeing so far.
2: You bet, well, a big part of IoT is extending the interface beyond on a screen. So we're dealing with devices that have traditional buttons you know, onboard screens and voice is just another interface into this this connected world. So it's a really natural fit for us to be, uh, do these these types of projects, and uh, you know, add these these new types of of ways to interact with with computers.
1: The stat that that kind of blew me away was for Black Friday, Amazon was selling one thousand Echo Dots per second. Um, wow, and, that's amazing. Yeah, pretty unbelievable, uh, you know, 60,000 per minute. Um, and I think, you know, some of the recent numbers have been, you know, in the 30 some million voice devices in people's homes. So Amazon Alexa, Google, uh, Google home, and I think maybe some Siri home pod, <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So um, anyway, we are all now that, you know, the, the voice interface is you know becoming uh, common, but I think one of the interesting areas is in uh, enterprise and the use of voice inside of uh, workflows inside organizations, and um, you know when uh, Joel Brown, Doctor Joel Brown, the, the head of um, NGIT, spoke at voice, he started his his um, his talk off with a stat that was like we type 40 words a minute we speak 150 words a minute or 180 words a minute or something like that so just the it really was stark and that the opportunities to improve time uh you know increase efficiencies all these things are there but from your vantage point tell me about the voice first revolution not inside our homes but inside our companies our factories and our organizations
2: yeah, that's a great, great uh, stat. I hadn't heard that before. And I think um, that's just on the consumer side. And when you, you ask the good question about the enterprise, I think it's only just beginning. I think the the, the home voice revolution is two or three years ahead of, of the enterprise. But I think ultimately the enterprise is where it's going to be uh, much more practical. I think much more interesting uh, for us technologists. We've had the opportunity to work with a number of enterprises adding voice as a form of communication with customers. And it it really is a force multiplier. You know, when you think about the ability to put a voice product inside your customer's facility, and they don't have to pick up the phone, they don't have to send an email, they can just talk to you directly. It really creates a, a really interesting channel, really interesting opportunity for these, these enterprises to, um, Capture more market share and really reach an audience that they weren't going to reach
1: before. Are there any examples that you can tell our audience, our listeners about uh, related to, you know, enterprise voice that uh, can, you know, can be a highlight?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're working on a number of one that we can we can talk about for sure would be a product called Gordon Now, which is been developed. Uh, for a company called Gordon Food Service and Gordon Food Service is a large food distributor in West Michigan and we've had the opportunity uh, to partner with them and they've just been phenomenal in terms of seeing the opportunity of getting voice into uh, the commercial kitchen which is where they operate and you can imagine that the commercial kitchen is a very chaotic place right people are, are trying to get uh, meals out as quickly as possible so they don't have a lot of time to spare. So having a Google assistant in the back office and be able to check on the status of a delivery or just, uh, you know, one of the great features is, is conversational ordering. So you can say, uh, Gordon, now I need to order five cases of carrots. For example, (laughs) you don't have to stop what you're doing. You're just able to do it right there. It just makes a very fluid relationship uh, with the customer and it's really been, been phenomenal for them.
1: Where are those interfaces? So if I'm a Gordon Now customer and I want to order five cases of carrots, where, where am I? What's the device that I'm speaking into for that?
2: Right now, it's a it's a Google Assistant. Um, the architecture actually is is multimodal; it could go into a lot of different places, and I can talk more about that maybe in a minute. But it is primarily in the kitchen. It, it's a just a good old fashioned, uh, which sounds funny to say, but it is. It's just a, a Google Assistant, just a Google Home product. It's it's right there in the kitchen, and
1: people can just talk to it. So that that particular workflow is using Google Assistant. Uh, we, you know, Alexa for Business has been making a, a lot of roads uh, inroads and moves in the you know in the enterprise space, but how are these major players um, angling for, you know, involvement now inside, you know, the organizations, you know, moving, moving beyond the moving out of the cloud away from the laptop and desktop now into the into the voice interface? How are the major players um, uh you know what? What are you seeing from a standpoint of of them making moves?
2: Yeah, I think again, it's it's really early. I think the the first generation, this first wave, was definitely focused on the consumer. But uh, Google's been great to work with. Amazon's great to work with. I think they're they're very eager, very excited to understand the space and and learn about it and see what what uh, services they need to improve um, and and what they need to do. Not only in the voice services. But in the rest of their ecosystem, I think that's one thing we've learned is it's one thing to add voice as an interface. It's another thing to have the rest of your enterprise architecture ready and able to support voice. You know, I think one mistake we've seen over and over is that these these, you know, mobile first interfaces that we've had over the last 10 years aren't quite the thing we need for voice. So there's been a lot of effort in all our our customers as they've been adding voice. They've really had to go back and re-architect their, their enterprise architecture in in a lot of ways, which, which is, which is a challenge, right? That's not something you're going to do overnight. And ultimately I think it's good for the organization because it it creates a much more nimble enterprise. Mm -hmm. Take a number of years. That's not going to happen overnight.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's interesting. Um, You know, the mobile, really the smartphone revolution took 10 years to really uh become i think you know usable across enterprises across you know most of the great consumer apps we use now actually have really good mobile for mobile interfaces in fact i think it was a was a few years ago i definitely noticed when i would prefer to use my mobile app over the web interface for any you know fill in the blank service this was easier to use it was you know more intuitive and uh suddenly the web became a little bit arcane you know and i think what we're going to see is a very similar path from from mobile apps to to voice interfaces or that blending that multimodal blending of well i'd rather just speak at my speak to the app that i have open as opposed to trying to tap swipe and pinch
2: exactly it's going to be additive i don't think it's going to be be replacing mobile or or the web hopefully if we do it right it's going to be another layer of allowing the the human to interact with it with the digital system
1: yeah it'll be fun to follow i think that um you know that same i think that same trend line is going to happen that in a you know in the not too distant future we're just going to want to speak with most apps that we're using uh as opposed to you know as opposed to using our fingers uh, for that same reason, I mean, if you go, if you know, if go onto the website for a lot of services, the websites are just not quite as, you know, not quite as is easy to use. And I think that the voice interfaces are, you know, they're on their way. So let's get back to the enterprise a little bit. Where do you see things going with IoT um, and the enterprise? And you know, the primary IoT devices, as you mentioned, you know, using Google Home, but you know, there are a lot of devices out there that are now getting. Uh, voice interfaces, Uh, Amazon has the Alexa microwave, Um, you know, Samsung has refrigerators and TVs that are, you know, Bixby enabled, but for the, you know, for the enterprise, for manufacturers that have been really working hard on IoT and the efficiencies that can be gained through IoT, whether it's access controls, et cetera, et cetera, where do you see this all going related to, you know, IoT and voice?
2: It's going to be massive. We're just at the the cusp of that. I think CES this year on the consumer side, we're going to see some really phenomenal things. And in the in the enterprise side and in the industrial side, there's that that buzzword of Industry 4.0, which means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. But it's really about bringing the intelligence to the edge. You know, mm-hmm. what used to happen in the cloud, we can now do on the device. And and voice is again. Uh, unlocks a lot of capabilities. And in terms of safety, in terms of efficiency, in terms of uh, a more natural fluid workflow in the factory or, or, or in the enterprise in general, um, it's going to be really exciting, I think, over the next couple of years. And really, I think, you know, right now we think of voice and we think of these dedicated units like an Alexa uh, Dot or a Google Home or something like that. Those aren't going away, but I think we're going to see voice in many, many more products, and it's just going to be a feature baked right into into the hardware.
1: Mm, Interesting. And do you think that um, that interface is going to be, uh, you know, is this going to be an iOS, Android, uh, you know, Windows type thing where, you know, there's going to be a particular service there? Or are there going to be kind of just pure play interfaces that then on the back end can go, you know, reach any number of services.
2: I think it's going to be a mixture of both. I think unlike the the dichotomy or the duopoly, that's the word I'm looking for, for iOS and Android, voice isn't going to be the same because you don't have the same constraints. Um, voice is just there. It, it, you don't need to have the physical device in front of you. So in a lot of ways, it's a lot easier for an organization to get into and have a custom voice agent. And things like uh, AWS Lex, for example, allow you to rapidly create a voice interface. And it doesn't even, you know, the end user never knows that it, it comes from, uh, comes from Amazon. Amazon. So I think it's going to be a different different type of world there.
1: Interesting. Um, so how do you, um, voice as the authentication, um, you know, when the smartphones first came out with the, um, uh, finger tap uh, bio sensor on the device. And I think that was about five or six years ago that Apple came out with the iPhone with a, with the bio, um, you know, uh, taptic done thumb, thumbprint, um, on the home button. And I, I, I recall kind of thinking like, "Oh wow, that's you know that seems really ahead of its time," but now it's ubiquitous and I use it all the time. You know, in fact, the new iOS release, you have to use it pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, so, how do you see voice as our authentication uh, mechanism, and when do you think that's going to get here?
2: I think it'll be a layer in the multi-factor world. I I don't know if it'll ever be. The only method of authenticating a person. Um, Maybe we'll get there, but just in my experience, especially with the hardware, the the noise cancellation technology, the the DSP things that have to happen there. it'll just be really interesting to see if someday that is the way I authenticate. Mm-hmm. I think there's a ton of advantages, you know, my wife and I were just talking about that today. She had an idea for coming home and it'd be really nice if she could just, uh, speak and open the door and she wouldn't, you know, for her hands are full or right. something like that. So there's definitely right. application and use cases. We'll see if the technology gets there.
1: Well, we, yet yeah, for, for all those with, well, Everybody comes home with groceries, and if you have families, you come home with more stuff. You know, you're you're that's lugging right. in uh, music instruments, uh, soccer soccer balls, whatever you're carrying it through the door. Um, yeah, we we definitely we 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 have a smart lock, uh, but it's not smart enough to the point where it opens for us. Like if there's a Bluetooth sensor, our our particular lock doesn't have that. But you know, we can definitely uh, see where that's going. Um, you know, we from an IoT standpoint. We now are keyless, which is really nice. Like our car doesn't use a key, and our our front door doesn't use a key. We can, you know, and I have to say that is a that's a big relief. Like just not hauling around keys is is like something that's a really interesting benefit. Um, I do look forward to I look forward to seeing you know how voice. Uh, plays a role. It would be great to just, you know, walk up and have some level of authentication that can just, you know, open the door for you. Um, but getting back to enterprise, I think that's, you know, we talk about our homes and smart homes, and that's all good. But it seems to me that, um, you know, the the backbone of our economy is uh, a lot of times is in uh, the, you know, the major factories, um, or, you know, large companies where there's a lot of access controls and a lot of people moving. Uh, we see you know, people walking around with their uh, cat cards around their necks. Um, and I can imagine this time in the not too distant future where voice is, you know, really an integral part of, of you know, of work life. Um, and like you said, moving from, you know, right now we've got pretty big ubiqui- ubiquity in the home. When do you see that? When do you see that? Um, I guess, uh, you know, Breaking point for enterprise where that ubiquity is going to start make it in start to make it in the enterprise
2: I think it's definitely within the next five years I think what we're still waiting for like a lot of these things is kind of the killer app Um, And I think a lot of it's going to have to do with how, How the or the enterprise is able to blend its massive data stores, right? And as IOT practitioners a big part of our job is just collecting massive amounts of information. So I think once we're able to more easily take that information and turn it into actionable data, right, where I can talk to the device and it gives me real-time indicators of my supply chain or where my sales are at, and I'm able to easily take that data and, and apply a, a, a typical... Enterprise programming team to make sense of that, and then make a conversational interface out of that. I think that's when
1: it's going to take off, and
2: I'm seeing all the all those pieces for that groundwork uh, every year. That's getting clearer and clearer.
1: You had mentioned uh, the, the customer Gordon now, um, and that that particular interface in the kitchen. Are they, what What does the roadmap look like for Gordon now, and what are the next things that are you know that are going to become uh, voice enabled?
2: I think that's that's yeah that's a great question. I think uh, what's what's interesting, and I think a good takeaway maybe for your audience is um, it's not just about voice. They found you know once you have if you kind of peel back the voice interface, you really have a conversational engine, and they've been able to tune that and reapply it as a chatbot interface on their website so that's that's been one of the aha moments for them is voice is super powerful but um when you're able to have people just freeformly asking questions you know that's a that's a huge uh opportunity to capture new questions from people like hey what are people asking but also uh you know answer questions and and make people more productive so that's just one thing off the top of my head that comes to mind is it's it's really about the conversation engine not just the voice interface to that engine uh beyond that too man, I don't know, that's a, it's going to be really fun to see where that all goes.
1: You brought up something really, I think it's, it's such an important point. So in conversational design, you know, we do have two primary interfaces, right? So we've got the voice assistant that's kicking out um, voice, and then you've got chatbots, you know, that are, that are taking inputs in and push, pushing back um, information those are two you know they're two two discrete and distinct types of interfaces yet on the back end how much um sort of like cross interface on the back end um are our organizations able to leverage just from a just from a sheer mm-hmm. you know management standpoint so if something's pushing out to a chat bot and something's pushing out to an alexa um you know are there two d- – describe that a little bit for the audience, what that looks like on the back end.
2: Yeah, that's a, that's a really important question. I'm, I'm glad you asked that. So w- one thing we've learned is we're kind of moving from a mobile-first view of the world, right? So what I mean by that is uh, what you were talking about, where we move from the web to mobile. And obviously, the mobile phone has to talk to the back end somehow, right? So we, over the last 10 years, the enterprise has been developing these, these backends that enable mobile communication. Those are fundamentally kind of closed systems, right? So what I mean by that is if you have a mobile app, let's say you have a banking app, right? The, the bank gets to decide what buttons go on that banking app. It's not like you can just, you know, like with a voice interface that's open um, with a banking app, you can only do so many things. So their mobile backend supports those limited features that the bank decided they want to expose. Voice is totally different. Voice is an open interface. I can ask a billion different questions in a billion different ways, and the conversational engine needs support. Um, a much larger set of features than what the the mobile-first backends do. And I think the enterprises, that's a real shock to the system because the voice developers, the, the VUI designers are asking all these really great questions and the enterprise is going, uh, I have no idea how to do that. So it's going to take a while for that to build out. But fundamentally, you just expose so much more stuff to the consumer in such a great way. And I think eventually the enterprise will figure out how to like leverage that in different ways. Um, but that, I think, is, is probably the biggest hurdle we see isn't really... You know, connecting the buoy side of things, because really the tools that Google and Alexa, uh, Google and Amazon give you are awesome. It's really preparing your enterprise architecture to leverage that.
1: Yeah, I think I think what's what's interesting is the tech industry, uh, uh, the developers know on the back end, like just how kind of massive this shift is. Um, there's a behavior shift happening. I think that's really interesting on the consumer side. We've, I've watched in my own family. Now I'm watching it with companies. Watch, you know, Watch Capital One launched Eno, which is their, you know, their proprietary chatbot uh, that they launched in 2016, I believe, um, and or 20 maybe 2017 they launched that, um, and and then the multimodal interfaces now. And then seeing, you know, kind of what's happening on the back end, uh, it in all of this kind of transformation really opens up an opportunity. So if I'm somebody that's looking at this space, I'm a developer and I'm thinking about getting in. What would you? What kind of counsel would you provide somebody who's kind of looking at this space? Would it be to, you know, look at the consumer space or look at the enterprise? Um, what would be your, you know, what would be your advice?
2: Great question. I, I think the biggest advice is just dive in, right? I think these things are at a point where it's pretty easy to just create a you know developer. account and and start playing around with this stuff. I think the the barrier to entry for voice is so much lower than it was for mobile. Um, so I'd, I'd say, hey, if you're interested, just just go for it. I think you'll learn a lot really quickly and you'll you'll see you'll start to create a, an intuitive uh, understanding of how these things work. I think the flip side of that is while voice is very easy to get into in our experience, it's much harder to polish. So it, it's, you know, easy to kind of just throw a, a voice prototype together and show it to your boss and get a lot of excitement. But then because it is an open-ended, uh, use user experience, it takes a lot longer to fine tune that and get that ready for market. So I think, um, dive in for sure figure it out, but then just plan on having a pretty good extended period of time debugging these things and and making sure they're they're good to go. I think we're going to see a lot more proof of concepts, a lot more prototyping, a lot more playing around, figuring out what it's good for, what it's not good for. And I think we're going to start to see some more practical use cases emerge. I don't know what those are. If I did, I'd be, you know, quitting my job and starting a startup. But um, those are, you know, I think we're going to just like mobile. We had a, a huge explosion, and and eventually we kind of figured out, yeah, these are the types of things that we want to use mobile for. I think voice is going to be the the same way. There's going to be some uh, some great tools emerging. Once those use cases emerge, we'll see that next generation of technologies that make all those use cases easier. And then it's just gonna be commonplace. I think once, once the, the tooling gets there, the enterprise is gonna adopt it rapidly and we're gonna see it in transportation, in manufacturing, in healthcare, uh, in finance. It's, it's, it's just gonna be everywhere.
0: Brian Toll there from Spindance, the VP of Engineering, talking to our founder and CEO Pete Erickson from Voice Summit. This has been another episode of Inside Voice, the podcast that goes behind Voice Summit. And if you have not yet registered for tickets, if you're looking to speak or sponsor at the conference, well, there's still time to do that. All you've got to do is head over to the website voicesummit.ai or follow us on all the social media. You can find us at Voice Summit AI pretty much everywhere. That's it for this week. I'm your host, James Poulter, and I'll be back next week speaking with Pete Erickson and many others about the future of the VoiceFirst dot community launched this week in partnership with the folks at score publishing a big shout out to the team over there and we'll be digging into more of our speakers and sponsors that are going to be with us in July in Newark for this year's voice summit if you want to be there don't forget that you can be just sign up over on the website voice and follow along for all the updates that's it for this week happy making creating and speaking to your voice devices, wherever you may be. I'm James Poulter and I'll see you again next time on Inside Voice.